0: Now, from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. I thought the forecast by Zach at the end was rather encouraging, didn't you, Chad? Yes. Getting cold, getting colder, getting colder, getting colder. More wind. Hamilton, underpass. Oh, frozen. All right. I thought the entire newscast was uplifting. (laughs) Oh, wait till 5 (laughs) o'clock. Wow. Did a good job delivering it, though. He was, All right, Zach was one of my uh, students at Susquehanna. Really? I can tell. Yeah. He's very good. Chris Trapasso from CBSSports.com joins us in a few moments, but our play-by-play call of the day. Nevada, up ahead to Jazz. Jazz for the pack on the break. Schoolyard
1: field here. Cody, down the lane with a jump. Whoa, oh
0: what a jump. 88 to 50, Nevada. Cody Martin with that slam dunk, courtesy of the Nevada Wolfpack Sports Network, as they routed Colorado State last night, 88 to 50. Just ran them out of the building, and they had a huge second half. I know a lot of people have sat there and go, look at what Nevada's doing. Well, you know what Nevada's doing? Nevada's getting transfers all over the place. They start five seniors, and I believe three of the five are fifth-year guys. NC State, look what NC State's doing. Well, obviously I did the NC State game. They have nine transfers on that team, nine. Is this what you want? I mean, I want to win, believe me. I want to win, and transfers don't bother me. In the least, like Glenn Secunda was a transfer, John Ameche was a transfer. I understand that, but getting five, six, seven, eight—I'm sorry—that to me is not—that's not what I want to see. I don't mind an Isaiah Brockington coming in, transferring in, playing DJ Newbill, obviously. Um, but like a transfer here and there, not a mass where all of a sudden you got. Eight of them. Football, same thing. I don't mind if a couple transfers come in, but develop your own talent. To me, transfers in college sports should be treated like free agents are treated in professional sports. I'm looking to fill a need, and I've got somebody out there with some experience that can fill that need. That's what I'm looking for in a transfer. I'm not looking to build the program based on transfers, just like a professional team is not looking to build their team all on free agents. is built heavily on transfers. NC State is built heavily on transfers. And I'm sorry, that's not the direction I want to see programs go in. That's fine. They're not doing a single thing that is against the rules, illegal, anything like that. None. Zero. But it also doesn't mean it has to be my way of doing business either. All right. Uh, Christopher Paso joins us. CBSSports.com. He's at the Senior Bowl in Mobile. Chris, I hope you can hear us.
1: Yes, yeah, thanks for having me on.
0: All right. I want to start with, uh, with this. So far to you, who has improved themselves? Give me two or three guys where you just know in a sense of being around the NFL guys that they've helped themselves this week.
1: I'll start with Dalen Mack from uh, Texas A&M. He was a former five-star recruit um, who was, you know, when he got to College Station, a lot of people thought um, he would be a guy that would be there for three years and then leave early. He ends up um, playing nose tackle, not really generating a lot of production early on. His senior year he played much better, had some sacks on his resume and uh, had 10 tackles for loss. But this is kind of an old school player in that he six foot one 330 pounds um but he can get up the field he's really athletic and he's shown not only last week at the east west uh shrine game which is kind of the first all-star game in the pre-draft hmm. circuit um that he can really push interior deep or interior offensive line back and he's done a, a lot for his stock that scouts here have been able to see that he's not just a guy who's going to eat blocks. He can get up the field. There's some pass rushing upside with him. Um, And then Montez Sweat from uh, Mississippi State had a great career for the Bulldogs. Some people kind of viewed him as being a little bit stiff because he is taller and a little lanky. Um, But he uses his length very well, gets his hands on offensive tackles very early on in his pass rush and can counter move to the left or to the right, inside, outside. Um, He's really looked effortless in the one-on-ones and in team drill. So I think Sweat has maybe moved from the back end of the first round into the top half, and I think Baylon Mack was maybe considered a mid-round pick who could move into the second or third round conversation.
0: Now let's flip it to the other side. Who probably has either stalled themselves or maybe not given the the best account of themselves so far?
1: I'll go on the offensive line because really um, the group – Here in Mobile, um, obviously all seniors, um, is kind of a microcosm of this entire draft class, that the defensive line is uh, loaded, um, and they've really performed better than most of the offensive linemen so far. They've won those battles. I think Michael Dieter from Wisconsin had a great career for the Badgers, um, playing that guard spot. This has not been able to anchor and kind of sit down against some of the power that he's seen, especially in one-on-ones. Um, and then Garrett Bradbury from NC State probably the most athletic center um, in this 2019 draft class with a former tight end um, in in a zone blocking scheme I think teams will love him and and could maybe even have him as a first round pick but someone else that um, facing a lot of these powerful more squatty defensive linemen just hasn't had the strength to kind of halt them in their tracks um, in these first two practices they are going to get on the field today There's no more rain, um, and obviously the game matters a little bit, too. um, But those two players just have not really done much and probably even hurt their stock a little
0: bit. This is not, not, in my opinion, is not the greatest quarterback draft going. Kyler Murray's intriguing, and he's not there, obviously. But what have you seen from guys like Drew Locke and Will Greer to this point?
1: Drew Locke has been a lot better than Greer, in my opinion, um, in these first two practices. Greer, um, I think he has to be in a situation on each play where he's well-protected, he's throwing from a balanced base, um, he's not under pressure because he just doesn't have, I even thought for a college quarterback, um, that great of an arm. I mean, he can place it in the bucket down the field and he ran that air raid system very well. I mean, we've kind of seen that here in Mobile because the defensive line has played so well early on in practice, even in the team drills, that he's been forced to kind of throw off balance, slide in the pocket, make throws under duress. A lot of those passes have not been very accurate because he just has not been able to throw from that balance base. Some of his passes have taken just a second too long to get to some of those outside throws. Drew hasn't been amazing, but because he's bigger, because he has that bigger arm, Um, He's been able to make some of those off-schedule and off-platform throws across the field. Um, He dropped one in the bucket for a touchdown in wide receiver and cornerback one-on-one and made a tremendous throw from the far hash all the way across the field that was dropped. It was right on target. Um, So, yeah, this quarterback class isn't fantastic. The group here is certainly not what it was last year when Baker Mayfield and Josh Allen were here. Um, But to me, Drew Locke has been more impressive than will uh, Greer from West Virginia.
0: I've always felt just in watching him on TV, I was never crazy about Will Greer's footwork. Is that something that has shown up?
1: Yeah, and talking about that right. Um, when you're when you're running that air raid system that there's certainly there's passes down the field, but there's so many bubble screens, and a lot of the production from quarterbacks comes from running backs and wide receivers running after the catch. Um, I think there can be quarterbacks that don't have the best footwork. And the coaches here are making him get under center, which you don't have to do a ton anymore in the NFL, maybe 25 to 30% of the time. But I think with that, he's been uncomfortable in that area. And um, like I said, when he's had to move his feet and he's not just standing stoically in the pocket, that's when we've seen him throw the ball very inaccurately.
0: Uh, Amani Oryouarie of Penn State is there as well. What have you thought of uh, his length, cover skills, and how has he worked out?
1: The first practice um, in those uh, wide receiver cornerback one-on-ones, um, he did have a little bit of trouble in press coverage. And because he's a little bigger, he's not going to be the quick, the most quick twitch cornerback. Um, but yesterday, watching the film, I think he um, really settled down and, and didn't really have to press as much. And I think with him, what you want is to just let him mirror wide receivers down the field. But he has length to be a good press corner, but I think he's a lot better when he can have his eyes on the quarterback and use his length to break up passes to get interceptions um, and to just stay with those bigger receivers on the outside. He's certainly athletic enough to do that. So I thought yesterday after watching the film um, was a lot better of a day for him, had a couple pass breakups. Um, Maybe he just kind of settled in and the jitters really weren't there as compared to what he did on day one.
0: Which I do have to ask you about Trace McSorley. Um, look, Greer and Locke are going to be the the centerpieces of what people want to see there. But what have you seen from him?
1: He threw a pretty bad interception over the middle yesterday. He didn't see a uh, linebacker in seven on seven who was sinking in coverage. Um, but he's made some good throws, especially to the sidelines. He's thrown with more velocity than I thought. Um, he's someone to me that and we certainly saw him do this during his career at Penn State, that might be a little untraditional and that he's not big, he's not someone that's going to wow you with his arm, but he can scramble when he needs to, he can make some good throws when he needs to. Um, I don't necessarily think he's hurt his draft stock, but I don't think thus far he's necessarily helped it either. He's someone to me that will probably go on the third day of the draft um, start as a team's number three quarterback, but it wouldn't surprise me if he's around the NFL as a backup for a
0: decade. Well, Chris, I want to ask you what is, uh, th- these are all steps along the way. You put together your career, you get to a week like this, then you get to the combine, then individual workouts. They're all steps leading up to the draft. What kind of stock do you put on this particular week compared to the other steps?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I don't put too much into it. I mean, it, for as fun as it is to see these top prospects uh, face each other, like I said, in one-on-ones, in the trenches, wide receivers and corners, see how the quarterbacks throw to unfamiliar wide receivers, this is a very, to me, a very small piece of the puzzle. I think the combine, um, just when you can see athletic numbers and you know the you know, historic relevance of, A vertical jump or a three cone drill. I think that is a bigger part of the process, um, much more so than what we're seeing here at um, at the Senior Bowl. I think, to me, what this is best for, is a guy that's you know coming from the FCS or a school outside of the Power Five who shows that he can play a little bit, that he's not overwhelmed if he's an offensive lineman or he can make some plays down the field if he's a receiver. It kind of sheds light on those players that we don't see a lot of film on before this week. But in general, this is not a week I think that someone should go from being a sixth or seventh-round pick to going into into the second or third round. Stocks can fluctuate, but not very much.
0: Like a Marcus Davenport last year. That would come in, yeah, that, and, and do well, yeah.
1: Exactly, exactly. People had a lot of hype around him, but they were like, "We need to see him against these top competition." First couple of days of practice last year, he was kind of invisible. The last day, and then in the game, he was unblockable. And then he goes in the first round. So I think someone like that from a smaller school, where you're not really sure those can translate, kind of up a level of competition. That's what it's most important for. During Senior Bowl
0: week, I'll, I'll give you one—a guy that I was impressed. I only saw him in person one time because they they only played Penn State once. That's Penny Hart, the wide receiver from Georgia State. See a guy that, that actually can create a little bit of buzz as a guy who's, you know, not an FCS guy, but would be an off the radar guy.
1: Yeah, definitely, and and that's kind of what I was just talking about. That that this is an opportunity for someone like him, coming from Georgia State, to show that. You know, he wasn't just productive at the smaller school level that, that he can play with, with the top competition and his skills translate to the NFL level it's been interesting with him because coming into this week Andy Isabella from UMass who had that huge game against right. Georgia yep. um, played well against the other top schools he was kind of the most buzzed about smaller speed receiver right. he hasn't had a bad week but I think Penny Hart has shown that he's not just a gadget you know End around bubble screen receiver been very very good selling his routes just as much as ex- um, explos explosiveness as Andy Isabella and at, at, at five eight 180 pounds. I think you could be looking at someone like a Taylor Gabriel uh, who can come in maybe start as a gadget guy but then coaches ultimately see that he can be a productive reliable slot receiver in the NFL. Uh,
0: when you look at uh, at how the week has played out has the what has the weather done to change anything? You can obviously go inside, but I mean has the weather changed anything as to how these guys want to be evaluated and how much commun- how much sit down and talk to Time do coaches have with these guys so they can get a feel for act, for who they're actually evaluating?
1: Yeah, um, I don't think the weather's done too much. I mean, we only had the one day where the media couldn't see it live, but Exos, um, a digital film company, right. did a great job. I'm yeah, they, very they,
0: familiar uh, with Exos.
1: <laughs> yeah, that they set up they set up a film room um, in the main hotel for the uh, Senior Bowl. Um, in one of the conference rooms where anyone can go after practice um, and watch film of yesterday's indoor practice. So in terms of the media evaluation, not too much. And at night, these coaches and and, uh, scouting staffs can talk to these players, interview them, just sit down, have a bite to eat with them. It's not as as structured as it is at the Combine. So I think that's part of the reason, too, why – Teams are sending their almost their entire scouting staff here because they get to know these players off the field, and it's not as rigid of a structure as it is in Indianapolis. Yeah,
0: that's, I've always felt in Indianapolis that actually is one of the more important things where you could sit down. Now, some of the questions mm-hmm. you and I both know are ridiculous, okay? Yeah, you know, exactly. but there are also a lot of legitimate, good questions that give executives and coaches a feel for who they're. Chris, absolute yeah, pleasure. True. Chris, absolute pleasure. Thanks so much for the time you gave us today. Appreciate it.
1: All right, thanks again.
0: Chris Trapasso joining us from CBS Sports.com at the Senior Bowl in Mobile. We'll stay at the Senior Bowl in the next half hour with Mark Wogan, Richard the Allentown Morning Call, and really lock in more on Amani and and Trace McSorley, and based on what he's seen and the people he's talked to, that'll be the next half hour. We'll take a break, come back with more in a moment. Today's show brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf on News Radio 1070 WKOK. All right, great to have you with us on the show. It's a bye week for Penn State basketball. Anytime you don't have two games in a week, it's a bye week. And the way, and now the Big Ten is back to its usual normal schedule. Even though they have twenty games this year, but they're back to that schedule where the Big Ten tournament will be in Chicago and in the um, into the second week, the second full week of March. I mean, the Big Ten tournament will end on I think it's St. Patrick's Day on the seventeenth. It ends this year. But with that back, that, that builds in a bye week, two of them, in fact. What you end up with is you end up with one week where you don't play any games in the middle of the week, and another week where you don't play in a weekend. So that is, that's how they determine and look at bye weeks. Well, Penn State gets their first bye week right here. And they have Rutgers coming up on Saturday at 4.30. Every student ticket sold... The money will be donated directly to Thon. So it's the Thon game coming up on Saturday. And it's at four thirty. Essentially for Rutgers, I mean they played Monday night. And Penn State eventually play one of those Monday night games. They'll have it at Northwestern. It's part of the Fox Sports One Monday night game of the week B T N. They do a doubleheader on Mondays. So they played Monday. They don't play again until they play Penn State on Saturday, so they ended up getting their, quote, bye week as well by playing on Monday. Penn State, of course, played Saturday and didn't travel back till Sunday. As I pointed out on, I think it was Monday's show, that it was so cold in Minneapolis that when we went out to the plane out on the tarmac, battery froze. Happens, but the battery froze. To the credit of United, they had another plane ready to go. So that was not, there was no issue there at all. Uh, we've dropped from 41 degrees down to 28 degrees here in State College. So that's how quick the drop was, and you're starting to see some freezing across the area. I know, Chad, you mentioned the Hamilton Tunnel area. Yep, the Hamilton underpass in Sunbury is closed because of flooding. And now you got to worry about that area of flooding and freezing. Today's show brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Care routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. We'll stick with the football talk and really zero in on Amani Oryuwerie and Trace McSorley at the Senior Bowl with Mark Woganrich, who's down there in Mobile, for the Allentown Morning Call. That's next half hour here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. taking your calls at 800-795-9565 this is the steve jones show on news radio 1070 wkok now from the sunbury motor studio here's steve jones and uh just to confirm despite the odds mark is still breathing (laughs) sorry i missed that show all I know is I, I look, Mark has a Mark has not just a good sense of humor. I think Mark has a great sense of humor. He and I have a great time every time we're around each other. Good guy, funny guy. I listen to the promos he puts together, and of course he's not afraid in the promos to be self deprecating and have people take shots at him in the promos, you know, because it's funny. <laughs> oh man. He he rolls with the punches very very well. He sure does. He sure does. Okay, so let's uh, get to it and tell everybody that first of all, most importantly, the show is being brought to you today by our great friends at Sunbury Motors, Fourth Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors Kia Routes Eleven and Fifteen in Hummel's Wharf. They have just a just great product lines. I'll give you an example. They want to sell 1,000 Fords this year, brand-new ones. And Ford has great product lines, but it's all backed up by an awesome sales staff and just a terrific service department. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Yes, the Penn State Coaches Show, presented by Pepsi, featuring Patrick Chambers, will air tonight. You're saying, well, why? why would you say that? The university was shut down today. Now, because Penn State is active and in season basketball wise, Pat was able to practice his players this afternoon because they're in season. If you happen to be in a situation where you're not in season, but you're you're scheduled to do a workout, can't do it. But because Penn State basketball is in season, they did practice today. Pat will come down to uh, Permanee Brothers tonight. He will be there. I think Kevin Freeman is going to be there. It will be interesting to talk with Kevin because of his long, extensive experience at UConn. And we'll get into that a little bit because he played on that 1999 national championship team and he was part of the uh, administrative staff in the basketball office when they won the national championship in 2014, I want to say, down in Arlington. Senior Bowl taking place in Mobile on Saturday. I believe it's Saturday, right? Yeah, Saturday, I believe, is the the Senior Bowl. Two Penn Staters there, Amani Oruerier and Trace McSorley. Mark Rich of the Allentown Morning Call has done a great job of spending a lot of time with Trace McSorley. When Trace was in as one of the finalists for the Campbell Award in New York, Mark was there along with Rich Scarsella. If you recall, we had Rich on the show. And Mark joins us now from Mobile. Mark, welcome. It's great to have you with us. I'm doing well. How are you, Steve? Hey, great to have you with us, Mark. Uh, let's get to the two Penn State players that are down at the Senior Bowl. What kind of read are you getting? Let's start, obviously, I'll start with Amani, and then we'll go to Trace. What kind of read okay. are you getting with Amani or Yuwaria to this point at that corner spot? Because there are some mock drafts that have him very high.
2: I remember that from from last year that he had a high, you know, he had a high ceiling. And I think a lot of it was based on just like his physical characteristics. I saw he measured high, wingspan, that sort of thing. When I watched him this season, you got a real sense that as a cover corner that he's going to be, I think, in the league. Like somebody who could get uh, himself into one of those, you know, into the first couple of rounds just because he was always on, for the most part, on the opposing team's best receiver. Didn't get fooled a lot, I don't think. Um, Didn't get beat on, like, bad moves, or or not bad moves, but double moves.
0: Right. You
2: know, a lot of those things, stuff like that, that he was always in play. Um, Probably I think it needed to improve his run support, run tackling, things like that. He missed a couple of tackles that I thought were were standout plays, and and I know he's going to want an interception opportunity back here and there, but he... Otherwise, everything seemed so solid with him, um, footwork and all those sorts of things, that it seemed like he really had just that base um, to lift himself uh, high in the draft. And I I don't know, you know, not being a mobile, I I haven't been able to stay in practice, but I haven't seen anything that would maybe detract from that, that what's going on for him this week.
0: Okay, now let's get to Trace McSorley. This is not the greatest quarterback group. Going, Danny Jones. I know yeah. has struggled down there. Will Greer has struggled down there. Um, I mean, Drew Locke is the standout. I mean, he kind of gives you that Blake Gabbard feeling. Um, yeah. So, how's Trace stacked up in all this so far?
2: There was an interesting, and I just saw it today like an just a uh, data dump from the Senior Bowl about like uh, some of the numbers that they're catching with these guys. Um, throwing distances and, you know, uh, flight times and peak heights and stuff like that. Trace's numbers weren't really that far off from the big monster quarterbacks, you know, the bigger guys like Drew Locke and Greer. Um, He was really comparable to me in many ways with uh, Daniel Jones out of Duke, um, with, like, Minishu. Yeah, with Gardner Minshew and, and some of the other guys from last year, too. His numbers are really comparable to Baker Mayfield and, and Josh Allen. He's not, you know, his distance and his, his velocity, you know, isn't going to be the same as those guys, obviously. But it's not, you know, he's not, it doesn't look like he's lagging behind these guys tremendously that it's that noticeable. And I did see some, I, I did see a, a, a reference at some point to him uh, maybe not being able to handle a snap under center, while well, he bobbled a snap or something like that under center. I'm thinking, okay, that didn't work with the center under, you know, a snap under center. I don't even know when the last time he would take it one of those. To be honest, unless they sneak him at practice and don't tell anybody. When would he have done that in high school? Right. If that, you know. Right. So that I think that's something that I'm sure he. Went into you know postseason training and is going into the senior bowl and going into the combine and things like you know that sort of thing. That's something that he knows he's going to have to practice.
0: Well, what's interesting though, is that you know, and this was a you know a informal conversation. Bill when Bill O'Brien was here in April and so Bill and I were chit chatting and I said, I said, how tough is it to evaluate guys that have never taken a snap under center? Mm-hmm. And he said to me, he says, Steve, we can teach that. Right, and so if you've got a coaching staff that has that thought process, like, "Yeah, okay, well, hey, look, we can teach that," then I think right. that that becomes something that's off the table.
2: Oh yeah, I agree. And how many stabs really the NFL are taking under center anyway? I mean, depending on you know, the system and things like that. But I sure. was, uh, you know, even Brady's taking probably more than half his snaps <laughs> in the shotgun. So right. uh, I don't think that that's something that Trace necessarily is going to have to worry about, nor. Um, that he can't learn, that he, I don't think he can, you know, I think he can internalize that fairly easily.
0: What's the overall feel uh, with all the prospects there at once, with pro coaching staffs there all at the Mm -hmm. same time? What's the feel you have for this entire process?
2: I know I wouldn't want to go through it. (laughs) Right. It just, yeah, it just seems to me like, you know, and and this is interesting because I think Trace has gone through this and that he's got to start over. I know he had to go through it in college. He had to start over with these guys and had to prove it to them that he can play quarterback. He's going to have to do that all over again, even in a bigger way. Like, you know, a guy like Amani, I don't think he's got to prove to anybody that he can play quarterback. He's got to prove to people that he's worthy of being a first- or second-round pick. But he's an NFL cornerback, so he's just got to prove then – that he has the skill set to be an elite one or at least a draft a, you know a, a one who can be highly drafted trace has got to go through this and he's got to convince everybody that he can play this position because i don't know that he's not the guy who's going to have a backup position there and i don't think anybody's going to be interested in saying trace will will turn you into a special teams guy or a safety or something like that they're not going to invest in him to do that they're going to invest in him as a quarterback so he's got to prove worthy of that investment so he's got to go through all of it all over again. He's got to answer these questions that I'm sure he's going to get a ton of. And it's not even that. I think he can do great at that part. It's just the verbal, you know, the, the answering of the questions, mm-hmm. that sort of thing. But he's got to be – I think he's got to be more accurate than every other quarterback out there. He's got to be right. – uh, he's got to make fewer mistakes than guys who just project better because they're four and 220.
0: Yeah, he's not going to be like that's
2: got to be ner- right. that's got to be nerve wracking,
0: right? And that's where a guy like Hill with with the New Orleans Saints, he can yeah. play on special teams. He can, you know, they can use, they can run a wildcat with him, whatever right. it may be. He's got that in his back pocket that he can do all that. Plus, he's a he's a bigger package player. Is this the advantage Amani has because he already comes in with some cred? But does he? Can he show? he shown- he can do more than just play corner and like flip in and play a uh, uh, play the right. slot receiver because you know that to me the ability to play the slot receiver in the NFL mm-hmm. is your fastest way to get to the field in the secondary. They like to That's put you. Point. They yeah. like to put you there first.
2: Hmm. And you know, I don't know punt gunner that sort of thing. Yeah. Can he do? Can he add right. that kind of just something of value? Whereas you know, I don't think Trace is going to have that opportunity to be able to prove added value. So he's got to go above and beyond everybody. And it's got to be on the field more than him. I think more than anything than, than in interviews, you know, Trace is going to take a part of in interview pretty well. That's not going to be an issue for him. He even said that, you know, just talk when I talked to him and his dad before the bowl game, he just said, you know, I'm going to come in. You know, I'm not going to be a problem. You know, I'm going to be a good team guy. Right. And his dad said, you know, he's going to put out for you. It's just a matter of then can he throw in a tighter window than he's ever seen right. in, in in college football. Some of the some of the throws, remember, from like sixteen and seventeen. Some of those throws we can say you know, and occasionally he might have got away with a couple that sure. didn't happen this year. His accuracy Fine. went down this year, in part because yep. guys drop balls and things like that, too. But he just didn't have maybe that receiver who was going to bail him out a little bit. So his just you know, completion percentage went down. I don't know if that's necessarily a super you know, reflection of him, but that's something that he's got to now reflect upon. And these guys said, look, I get that I've never seen in college.
0: Well, Peyton Manning will tell you Marvin Harrison bailed him out a yeah. couple times, too. They all You, know, <laughs> absolutely. you, you <laughs> absolutely need your wideouts there are times that you need your quarterback to throw into absolutely the tightest eye of a needle. There are also other times where you need your wide receiver to say, hey, look, I have two hands, too. All right? I, I can go up and I can get the ball. That's why I'm, quote, paid to do this. <laughs> so you need to have that along okay, the way. a
2: Rams fan, I watched Jared Goff get bailed out. By some of oh. cups, you know, of all people earlier this year. So,
0: Oh, absolutely, Jared uh, There, there, there are know. times Mahomes gets bailed out. There are absolutely there. times that Brady gets bailed out, you know, when mm-hmm. he's throwing past seven yards. and right. so, <laughs> <laughs> You can you can drop down your release from 2.8 to 2.33 when you're only throwing right. seven yards. Right. Okay. <laughs> uh, you know, we watch the games. I'm not, you know, I am not for know, We got that part. All right. Uh, how important? Uh, how important are the workouts based on the people you've talked to? How important are the interviews based on the people you've talked to? And also, how important is the game?
2: I wouldn't think the game game would almost be similar probably to a bowl game in a way. I don't think the the game's not going to much matter. I'm sure it's this week. It's Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, what they're going to do. And, he's you know, those two guys are really going to network themselves um, into those workouts. And they've got it. this is a good place where they can introduce themselves so when they go to the Combine that they will have something established and set. that they can go to the Combine and say, okay, I have my five interviews set for the Combine with teams that have some interest in me. yeah, you, know, you set down your base numbers here. I would assume the size numbers, the measurements, and things like that. I think it was yeah. important for Trace to actually measure at six feet. Yeah, and I think that's a, a bit of a, you know, a marker. I bet you, I don't know how many Penn State fans would have expected to, to see that. You know, maybe a lot yeah. of them probably expected to see five eleven and and change at that thing, right. you know, even though he's listed at six. But I think that was an important yeah. thing for him too. This the Senior Bowl to me always sets up that if you have a little, if you are not an unknown because none of these guys are unknown, but if you're maybe one of those guys who are not quite as well known as some of the other players ahead of you and you trade sure. with uh, the other quarterbacks, this is a great place for him to get a get people to know him beyond being the thirty one and nine um Penn state quarterback. I think that's where he's that's where that's important, and then it can launch him to where he can maybe uh-huh. let the combine and throw well there probably more important
0: mark, what's it been like for you to see? other players from other parts of the country that you had not had a chance to see in person before?
2: I, you know, I'm, I have a hard time watching some of these guys um, kind of stretch out because I'm saying, you know, I have not seen him. You talked about Greer a little bit. Um, I hadn't seen him. He just looks, I don't know, he looked a little bit off in what I had seen a little earlier. You know, maybe it's just a bad week in Mobile and maybe he's... um guarding against something I don't know but a guy like Drew Locke who I hadn't really seen at all just had heard about him he looks like the part to me and you mentioned Blaine Gabbard now coming out he looks like he has that uh, he's got a bit of that uh, quarterback thing going for him that I could see translating pretty well
0: Mm -hmm. right Mark absolute pleasure appreciate it I know Immobile's weather's been lousy uh, (laughs) now that it's cleared up you can go out on the town and just go crazy <laughs> All right. Who
2: wouldn't want to? Thanks, Steve. Yeah.
0: Thanks, Mark. Appreciate it. I
2: appreciate
0: it. Take care. Yep. Uh, yeah, I think many wouldn't want to. Uh, okay, we'll come back when we'll wrap it up in a moment here on News Radio 1070 WKOK, brought to you by Sunbury Motors. All right, headed toward the top of the hour. News block coming up. Penn State Coaches Show featuring Patrick Chambers, 6.05 to 7. Shikalemi Wrestling also tonight. Good, looking forward to that. Steve Williams will have the call on that this evening here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. And it's great to be joined by Mark Wogenrich, Allentown Morning Call today. Steve Trapasso from CBS CBSSports.com. And Dave Shinley from the Washington Post. Um, couple of notes. A.J. Pollock signed with the Dodgers four-year deal option for a fifth. Uh, the Farmers Insurance Open at Torrey Pines is interesting because of Tiger Woods. Uh, Tiger, uh, see John Rahm, 9 under par through 16. Doug Gim, eight under. C.T. Pan at seven. Justin Rose at seven. Bud Colley at minus six. Uh, Tiger is one under par through nine. And he is two under on the two par fives. And he's one over on the rest of the course. And every time you mention this, that jingle that farmers insurance has starts going through my head. So thank you, Steve. I right. appreciate it. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. It's interesting about the new rule flag stick in this year. And Tiger Woods was like, I don't know if I want to do that. And I think you're gonna see most pros will keep the flag stick out. I will I'll freely admit. Um is that when I'm out there and I'm, I'm playing around and I'm just out there just to play, I'll leave the flag stick in, but the only reason I leave it in is instead of, okay, I'm going to walk up, I'm going to take the flagstick out, okay, I'm going to go back, now I'm going to put it, I just do it for speed, just, just to make it move. But now the rule is you can keep it in. Bryson DeChambeau has done it many, many times so far in the early going of the season. I will freely admit it looks weird. Now, looking weird and being effective can be two different things. Victor Oladipo is out for the year with the Indiana Pacers. Chuck Pagano, a former Indianapolis Colts head coach, was asked today about returning to being a head coach. Right now he's the defensive coordinator for the Bears. He said he is not interested in any future NFL coaching jobs. He says, I'm not. I'm, I've done it says, I'm motivated to just help Coach Matt Nagy be successful, help this organization be successful, help these kids to grow and develop. So that's my motivation, is to be the best I can be for this organization, for the McCaskey family, for Coach Nagy, and for the players, and for the coaches and help develop these guys. That's the only thing I want to do. And they had to re- replace Vic Fangio because Fangio took the Denver Broncos head coaching job, which in turn he hired Mike Munchak to be his offensive line coach. Pagano said, I'm better, not bitter. We had a great run, great experiences together. I was a lot better coach when number 12 was under center than I was when he wasn't. Now there is the statement of all statements where it just tells you he gets it. How often have I said the key to being a great coach is to have great talent? It's amazing what great talent can do. One of the reasons why everybody's so high on what Penn State football is doing is because they've done a great job recruiting talent. And just an update I misspoke. Shikalemi Wrestling got postponed, so we won't have that tonight. Well, during the news block, I want everyone to assume I'm depressed. Today's show has been brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummels Wharf. More coming up tomorrow. Including beat reporter for Rutgers basketball to preview Saturday's game in the Jordan Center. Chad, thanks so much. You're welcome. Always a pleasure.